I don't know if any of you guys, you know, are lucky enough to spend any time with JP, Pastor JP, but um, he's one who's always encouraged me. I, I used, you guys probably see me come in the back sometimes, and it's because, you know, he's the type of guy when you're around, you just, you just feel a little better, right? And, um, and I'm so encouraged that, you know, he asked me to come because one time we met, and we're eating, and he was on this little diet or whatever it was. So we ate healthy, but, you know, it was early in the morning, and what he wanted to talk about, he wanted to talk about you guys. And his heart is for the people, and the people of this church, and the people of this city. And I was, I, when, when I left, I, it so blessed me that, that he had such a heart for the people. And I was like, God, I need more of that. And um, as he said, you know, me and my wife helped me. I'm the co-youth director at Chicago Tabernacle, so... If you guys hear me say anything that sounds a little strange, it's because I'm normally talking to teenagers and young people. So bear with me, okay? Um, you guys excited to be in church tonight? Yes. Amen. Okay, okay. I uh, I'm truly believe it's God's will that I'm here tonight. I, um, when he asked me to come, I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But God confirmed it. And... Um, in a real tangible way. And so it's a blessing to be in God's will. Amen? Amen. So I believe that he has something special for us. I'm excited to see what he is going to do. Uh, how you guys feeling? You all right? Before we jump in, I don't got a lot of time, but I want to interact with you guys because, like I said, I'm usually with teens, so I'm like, wow, you guys got a lot of people smarter than me in here. So that's, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so I want to learn from you guys. Um, man, before I even get started, for some reason I feel led to share this. Uh, it was one of those weeks. How many people know about one of those weeks where it's, man, it was, it was one of, one of those weeks for me this week. And, um, it started, I was at a funeral and in, in the middle, I was at the hospital visiting someone and it was, et cetera. So it was one of those weeks, like I say, but, um. This, this really blessed me. We finished worship, and it was, in you I find my rest. You are Lord of all. You are in control. And that's so ministered to me that I, I can forget about all that because I can declare and I know that he is Lord of all and that he is in control. And that regardless what happens to those around me, that he will handle it. I can cast my care on him. And not, whoever is in here, if you're going through it or whatever, the Bible says cast your care on him. Your anxiety because he cares for you. And so that blessed me, and I hope that blesses you guys. So, y'all ready for the word tonight? Okay, okay. Uh, before we get into it, we're in, like he said, the book of John. And this is Jesus after his ministry's full swing. He's full swing. He's done several miracles, and crowds are following him. Crowds are following him. He crosses the Sea of Galilee, and uh, some, some of the crowd is on foot. If it was on foot, maybe it was a nine-mile journey, and uh, they still made the walk, right? They're pursuing after Jesus. They're excited to hear from Jesus. They're following Jesus. I don't know. I'm not just going to walk nine miles for anyone. I'll walk for my, my lovely wife, though. I'll walk 100 miles. Let me get that. <laughs> She's here front row. But I'm not just going to walk miles and miles. For anyone, right? But they're excited to hear from Jesus. 
And before we even jump into the word, we need to be excited to hear from Jesus. We need to follow Jesus, right? So when you pick up your word, you should be excited and pursue him even if you have to go nine miles. So if we can jump into the text, I know they can throw it up there for us. It is the book of John. I know if you got your app. It is the book of John. Let me open up to it. Excuse me. It is the book of John, chapter 6, verse 1. And it is as follows. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. And when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for the people to eat? And side note, it's, you know, the word of God is so rich and there's so much we can take from it. Um, Jesus saw the people coming after him, coming towards him. And before anyone asked anything, he wanted to provide for them. And when you decide to go after Jesus and he sees you pursue him, he wants to provide for you even more, even before you ask. That's, that's awesome. Uh, so we pick back up. He says, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked Philip because Philip is from this region. So if you're from Chicago, you may know that three wings and fries and some mild sauce cost something. But in D.C., it may cost a little bit different. So he asked Philip because he was from the region. And he asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, eight months wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew Simon, Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed, distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 12 baskets with pieces of the five barley loaves and left over by those who had eaten. One thing I like about this passage before I even get started is that uh, Philip asks a question. He says, he says, let me see the verse so I can tell you. Is it up? It's not up there. He says, says, uh, eight, Philip answered, eight months of wages would not buy enough bread, each one to have one bite. Uh, his brother spoke up. Here is a boy with five. His, uh, Peter's brother spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? He asks a question, and Jesus doesn't even respond, right? He asks a question, and Jesus starts to move. And the word I want to tell you guys is that that some, we have not because we ask not, right? And Jesus is waiting to move. He sometimes, but we just have to ask. So 
So sometimes you just have to open your mouth and ask. But the first point I want to make, right, because this is the miraculous we just, we just heard about, right? This is a miracle that five loaves, two fish is to see a miracle, give Jesus what you have. Now, this boy, they say this boy has five loaves and two small fish, right, in verse 9. And he could have been selfish. He could have been like, you know what, I don't know what they're going to do, but I'm good, right? That's, that's what we kind of tend to want to do. We want to, if we have something, why should we give it to them? I, besides, you know, my, my team is hungry. You know, I'm just going to keep it for my squad, right? I'm going to keep it for us, and we'll be good. You guys with me? Okay, you guys with me. He could have been selfish, and I think that's a mistake that sometimes we make, right? When we, when we have a talent or we have a gift or we have something that we could offer God and see the miraculous, instead we decide, like, I want to keep this for myself. I want to keep it, or I know how to use this better than Jesus would or than God does, or if I do this with this, I know what I can get. But I want to appeal to you and say that Anything in, his God, in God's hands, he made a plan for it. He knows what gifts you have. And if you offer it to him, you will be able to see the miraculous. Another thing he could have said was, oh, it's too small. Why should I even come to them and offer this? Like, he, what, what is this going to do with thousands and thousands of people? It was 5,000 men. So some estimated could have been 12,000 people there, 10,000. 10, what is five loaves and two fish going to do? What is this, his little happy meal or his little lunchable or what is that going to do? But one thing I want to tell you, you may feel the same way. Like, how could God use me? I don't really have, what can I do? Don't prejudge your gift. God knows exactly what he put in you and he's willing and ready to use it. If you're just willing to offer it to him and give it to him. Uh, in the Bible depicts this and shows this so many times. It shows it so many times. And one example is, I think a few weeks ago, Pastor JP preached on it, uh, the miracle where Jesus was at a wedding, right? And he turned water to wine. So to, to quickly sum up the story, Jesus and his 12 homeboys, right, his 12 homies, they get invited to a wedding. They all invited. So you know what I mean? Peter get his robe pressed. You know? Judas get the new Nike Air sandals with the straps. And they get fly. And they go to the wedding, right? That, this is how, when I read this, I'm sorry. That's how I read. This is what happens. You don't go to a wedding unless you're you going to get clean. Am I, amen? Amen? You're going you to celebrate, right? And sh Man, speaking of, speaking of weddings, I, I've been blessed. One of my good friends from... A long time ago was here. I just was able to attend their wedding on the 28th of January, and it was beautiful in Dominican Republic. And uh, they're here, right here, second row. So I want to give them a hand clap. You know, the cool thing about marriage is that, you know, you don't see too many times where Jesus shows up at different occasions, but he showed up at a, at a marriage, and he showed up at a wedding, and he, he wants to celebrate that union, I believe. And so, you know, I was able to celebrate with them, and that was, that was a blessing. But anyway. Back to the story. So they at the wedding posted, right? He chilling. I don't know. Maybe Matthew and James, they about to have a rap battle. I don't know what they about to do. So they all chilling. And they run out of, they run out of wine. Jesus' mother comes to him 
and says, we ran out of, we ran out of wine. And he, Jesus says, why are you telling me? It's not my time yet. And Mary doesn't, doesn't even, I like Jesus, I love you, but you my son, and you people listen to him. So Jesus is like, okay, this is mom's, and we got to listen, right? The Bible, Bible's clear about honoring your father and mother, right, I guess. So he listens, and he starts telling people what to do. Hey, you guys fill up these jars. You guys fill up these jars of water and bring them, bring them, to, bring them to me and bring them to the host of the, the wedding. So they do it, and miraculously, it turns into wine. So you're probably saying, Henry, like, how does this relate? It's like, what did he give? Like, Jesus was in control the whole time. But the one thing that jumped out at me and how they were able to see the miraculous is because they gave Jesus control. You know, sometimes it's not just a thing. You might not, your five loaves and two fish may just be giving Jesus control. Or it might be giving him your heart. But regardless what it is, they brought it to him, right? And they were able to see the miraculous, and as they brought it to him, Jesus was like, you know, like the community say, keep the party going, right? Hey, y'all want some? Okay, keep the party going. He turned it to wine, and they kicked it for a whole another hour, two hours. We don't know, right? They partied all night. But um, it's because they gave God control, and they didn't, they didn't, they didn't hold anything back because of fear. They didn't hold anything back. They didn't, they, maybe they didn't even know him yet. He said his time hasn't came. And maybe you don't quite know him how, you, how others know him. But if you still trust and choose to believe that he can do something miraculous in your life if you'll just give it to him. One person said, withhold nothing from God and he will withhold no good thing from you. And so... When we do give what we have to Jesus, he doesn't take it lightly. He knows it's not, sometimes it's not easy. And he's grateful and he appreciates the gift. If we can put the text back up, I think it's verse 11, because I want to be able to read it once again. But basically it says, the previous, that the small boy comes, gives him the five loaves and two fish. Jesus has the people sit down and then he gives thanks for it. Jesus gives thanks for some bread and some two small, was it sardines or I don't know if it's tuna. I don't know what it is, but two small fish and five loaves of bread. Like that's a filet fish without the cheese. Like I don't even like. So I was thinking I put myself in the position. I put myself in the position, right? If I'm hungry, if I'm hungry, God forbid, and I'm out here on State Street and somebody was like, hey, well, I know you're hungry. Here go a couple loaves of bread and some sardines. I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, though. Good looking out, but, you know, thanks. But I'm amazed that Jesus, how little the gift was, and he still gives thanks for it. And it doesn't, like I told you, whatever gift you have that you want to offer to him, he appreciates it. He doesn't take it lightly. He gives thanks for it. He appreciates it. And he wants to do the miraculous with it. And in a side note, side note, I told you, when I read the Bible, my mind thinks weird. I know, I don't know, did they have Tupperware back then or Ziploc? But my man, the, the young boy, it's a young boy too. I'm like, 
where did the fish come from? Like, where you got these fish just in your pocket? Do they have pockets on the robes? I don't know, but I'm, that more so made me like, I don't really want to, I don't want to know where you were keeping these fish in these five loaves. But side note, I'm sorry. But he gives thanks for just some bread and five loaves. I'm, I'm trying to really give you the point that he gives thanks for some little bread. It wasn't a cinnamon raisin bagel. It wasn't the chiabada for acacia. It wasn't none of that. And he still gave thanks. It wasn't banana bread. Shout out my wife. She makes great banana bread, by the way. Maybe I'll have her bring some. It wasn't none of that, but he gives thanks for it. <laughs> I'm sorry. So he gives thanks for it. Just some small five loaves of bread. Like I said, the filet of fish without the cheese. And um, if he gives thanks just for some bread and five loaves, two fish, how much more would he give thanks for if you give him your heart? How much more if you give him your life? The Bible says that not only him, he gives thanks, but all of heaven rejoices when you surrender your life to him. I, I like to think that the angels break out the disco ball. They like turn up. Another one came. But it's because they can uh, they appreciate and they know they know the possibilities and the miraculous that can happen if one life just surrenders to him. And so they're amazed and they appreciate it. So I don't know what it is today that you guys are going through or what you're holding back. But I want to encourage you that you should surrender. There's something that the Holy Spirit could be bringing to your mind right now or throughout this sermon. Trust him enough to give it to him. This small boy, maybe he didn't know what Jesus was. I don't know what intellect he was. I don't know if he went to pre-calculus and physics yet. But he trusted it enough to offer it to him. If any of you want to see the miraculous, if you're tired of the same old, same old, or you want something special, or you want to see something big, or you want to be a part of something big, this boy got to be a part of something big, great, something that's been talked about for thousands of years, only because he offered his filet fish without the cheese, you know? So I want to encourage you guys, if you don't have to be so quick to run out and get a book, like 10 steps to, to better living or seven steps to a healthy marriage or whatever. If you want a better marriage, put your marriage on the altar and give it to God. That's that, if, if you want better finances, then give some of your finances to God. I'm a testament that if you, you can do more with the 90% than the, than the whole 100% if you give that 10% to God. Amen. You guys with me? Okay. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Jesus appreciates our gift so much that he doesn't let any of it go to waste. He doesn't let any of it go to waste. Verse 12, he talks about, if you can remember, picking up. The baskets. He said, he tells the disciples, go get the baskets that are left over. And it's, I believe he said it was what, 12 basketfuls of bread left over. You see, he started with five loaves and two fish, 
And how do they have 12 basketfuls left over after feeding all? It's because he multiplies. And he does so much better with what we have than we could ever. And I don't want to be long. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I know I'm talking a lot and belaboring the point. If the band wants to come, this is one of the last points I want to make. But And Pastor JP says you, you preach better when he's playing, when Jordan's playing. So, <laughs> so I want him to go and hurry. I, wish he, I wanted to tell him stay up here because <laughs> I need you. I need you. You know, I didn't, get around, I didn't get around to it. But Jesus won't waste any of what you give him. And the cool thing about it is, it's so many people out there, probably more than half of them or third, you know the, the fractions, but a lot of them didn't know, didn't know what was taking place. They just came, they got a meal, you know. But especially the disciples, they knew what they went there with. And when they, I, I just try to think about how, what they were thinking when they gathered the basketfuls and they said, man, this boy had five loaves and two fish. And look how much we have left over after it was in the hands of Jesus. So they really got to witness the miraculous. It became tangible. It became real for them. I believe that it just really set in. I believe if you give your time, for example, to Jesus, that I don't have time. I'm busy. I got get my nails done, my herd did, I got to do that, I got homework, I got to go to work, I got to, no, if you give your time to Jesus, I believe that he'll miraculously allow you to do more with less time. Because what you surrender to him, he grows and multiplies, that's what this text shows, right, this is not me telling, this is not my words, that's not my text, that's what the word shows. So I want to encourage you guys, too. I, I wouldn't plan on saying, but if you, for those who want to serve here at Oasis, if Oasis is your home, but you don't know how I can do it, or serve at Oasis. Give the time and watch God do the miraculous in you. Ordinary men, some are fishermen, tax collectors. That is decided to follow Jesus. They gave their lives to follow Jesus. They gave up their old stuff, their occupation. They gave up their time. They were able to turn the world upside down. They became so filled with power that some of them even were able to heal the sick. They were able to witness and allow God to use them to do the miraculous. Regular people like you and me, you know, some of them Maybe not as smart as you. All of them were smarter than me. But because they gave themselves, they gave themselves to Jesus, and they were able to be a part of the miraculous. And one more point before I close. You may be thinking like, yeah, this is a whole lot. He's, he's, he went over, a, you know, he talked about a lot of things about what I can give. But I don't know how. In verse 8, I think it is, or verse 6, chapter, verse, chapter five, verse 5, 6, it says, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these 
people to eat. He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. And I'm telling you that it's no accident that you're here and that when you decide to let that thing go, let it go, he already has in mind what he wants to do with it. And he wants to do something so amazing. And he wants to do the miraculous. And he wants to bring breakthrough. He wants to do a work in your life that you could never have imagined. But you have to trust him enough to let it go. Trust him enough to give it. The boy might not have known what was going to happen to it. He, he knew he had a meal. He decided to give it, not knowing what was going to happen. But he got to eat till he was full and so did everyone else. Because he trusted, to get, he trusted him enough to give it. So the question I pose for you, what are you willing to give? What are you willing to give? Let's be honest for a moment. Let's be honest for a moment. I wrestle with this in my own life. I wrestle with this in my own life. Pastor JP, Pastor JP stood up here and announced me, destroyed my name, but I know he loves me. And he says, I have a call on my life. And he's not the first one who said it. He's not the first one who said it to me. And there's still a piece of me that when someone says it, and when he says it, that I shrink back. Because I fear that call. I don't, God, I don't know what that means. What does that mean for my life? I'm comfortable where I'm at. You know? You know, I'm happy with my wife. I'm happy with my time that I have. But God is calling you and he's calling me to something greater. He's calling us to the miraculous. So I'm standing with you, God, and saying, God, I've said it once before. And I'm just willing. I'm just willing. God, I trust you. And I'm willing. If you want to use me, I'm willing. You guys are the witnesses. I said it, right? I said it. And I'm asking you, what are you, what's your five loaves? What's your two fish? If we want to see change in this city, I believe one of the ways we can do that is by a whole lot of people, or maybe it just needs one person to give five loaves and two fish. And we'll see Jesus do the miraculous with it. So I'm going to call Pastor JP up in a second. But as he plays, this is a time for just you to examine your own heart, examine your own life, right? Examine your own heart. No, I don't know what you've been holding back. The Holy Spirit knows. God knows. And I know that you're here on a Sunday night. And I know that God has a special gift placed inside of each of you. And I know that he has a talent in each of you. For those who, if, if you're artistic, I know you're young. I want to challenge you. Give your arts to God. Use your creativity for God. He is the creator of creativity. 
you may think like, oh, I don't want my art to be corny or the world won't appreciate it. There's no one more creative than God. If you give it to him, you'll do some of the most beautiful and most creative art that you could ever think of. So have that moment now. I feel like it. Would you guys stand with me? We're going to pray. We won't be too much longer. We won't be too much longer. But if, if you, if you're sitting to yourself thinking, God, I know I'm not here by chance and I have faith, I have a little bit of faith right now and I want to trust you with my life. I sung the songs and I've heard the word, but God, I want to give my life to you at this moment. If everyone would just bow their head, close their eyes. I know you do it different here, but if that's you, I would just like you raise your hand if you want to give your heart to the Lord. Amen. I see you, brother. That's one. Is there any more who would like to offer their life and watch God do the miraculous? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we all can pray this prayer together. You can repeat after me. And it's not the prayer, it's not the, it's not the words that does anything, but it's the, the heart behind it. And God sees the heart of men. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for coming to the earth and dying on the cross for my sins and coming back to life on the third day in victory. Lord, be my Lord. Be my Savior. And I commit my life to you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God a hand clap of praise? He's awesome. All of heaven is rejoicing. All of heaven is rejoicing right now for that one. And I'm going to call Pastor JP. I don't want to put you guys to sleep. But uh, thank you guys for listening. God bless you. And I'm sure there's, if there's anything else on anyone else's heart that they want to give. Don't waste time. Don't waste time. Tomorrow's not promised. Today is the day for salvation. That's what the Bible says. But also, I can agree with Pastor JP that I want you to walk into the miraculous. I want you to see that life abundantly. Take a quick seat. You guys can be seated. Thank you, Henry, for a word. You know, 
We're going to take communion in one minute here. But sometimes you just need practical faith. You just need some practical teaching. And that's what just occurred. So if you're new here, we just got some good stuff. I promise. If you're here every week, we just got some good stuff. Practical. You take what's in your hands and you just give it to God. Just take what's in your hands and you just give it to God. And when you do that, I promise you, if every single day you just wake up and say, God, I don't have a lot. I got this. Got this. He'll take it and he'll use it in some powerful ways. So thank you for that word. We're going to continue real quick. We won't be long. I know it's getting late. But we're going to take this time to, to what we do is, is take communion together. It's important. We believe in this as a church. We believe in coming around Jesus' table and just breaking bread and, and drinking grape juice together. Because it's what Jesus did right before he went to that cross. He gathered his disciples in the room and he said, hey, listen, fellas, my crew, I'm going to go. I'm going to give my life for you and for this world. I'm going to go. My body's going to be broken. My body's going to be beaten. My body's going to be bruised. I'm going to get a crown of thorns on my head. But it's for you. It's for you. So I'm going to do that. My, my, my side is going to be cut open and my blood is going to pour out on a cross for you. For you. So as we gather here tonight, Jesus tells them, he says, take this bread as a symbol of my body that's about to be broken for you. Take this, this wine and, and drink it in remembrance of the blood that will be spilled out for you. So that's why we do communion. Because I want us to never forget what Jesus did on that cross. I take communion. The reason why I take communion, it doesn't save me. There's nothing special and nothing holy about the bread. We got it from Mariano's. It's really good. You'll enjoy it, I promise. Grape juice is just grape juice. I think it's Welch's. <laughs> Top shelf. It's awesome. But we take it because I want to remember that bloody cross. I want to remember that my Savior got beat up for me so that I didn't have to go to that cross. So that you didn't have to go to that cross. That's why we take communion. It's a remembrance thing. 